0: <laughs> how y'all doing? I'm Paul Ryan, your host of the Across the Cowboys podcast. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. With me, as always, is my co-host, the greatest co-host in the world, Mike the Pig Crumb. Mike, how are you?
1: You don't want to know the answer to that question. We we are here and we have a smile on our face and we're ready to talk football and that's what matters.
0: Should I say the highest co-host, Mike? Is that what I said? Not, not the greatest, <laughs> but the highest
1: Pretty, pretty drugged up. Not typical marijuana either. I'm, I'm medically induced, so it's fun. All right,
0: Mark. Where can we find
1: you on, on, on X, aka Twitter? I'm not on X. No, no, not like that. Pharmaceuticals. <laughs> I don't do that stuff.
0: <laughs>
1: At CD Piglet, guys, nice and easy.
0: Uh, and of course, no show is complete without our, without our newest co-host. President of the Jake Ferguson Fan Club and best account manager in the game, who recently got the follow back from Jake Ferguson, Brendan Fergie Smith joins the show. Brendan, how are
2: you? When that happened, I legit, I, I was just awestruck. My jaw dropped. I couldn't say anything. I was just staring at my phone. It was pretty great, and I'm doing great.
0: Glad to hear that. Uh, does, does anybody know a butterscotch on YouTube by chance, or 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 X, aka Twitter? Don't no, don't I, be surprised swear, if that's Mitchell. No. What's if that, that's Mitch? Uh Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. What was that, Dave? I'm sorry.
3: No, I see the little uh, avatar there, but I don't know who that is personally.
0: Well, shout out to Butterscotch or Mitch, whoever you are. appreciate you tuning in. <laughs> Brendan, where can we find you on Twitter, brother?
2: You can find me at Brendan underscore Smith
0: 26. I am Paul Ryan. You can find me on X at Paul underscore Ryan 15. Well, guys, we did it. We finally found a guest for one of our – One of my favorite series we do on this show, Offsides. For those of you new to the show, Offsides is a series where we bring on fans of the opposing team the Cowboys are playing that week to discuss what it's like being a fan, the matchup versus the Cowboys, and everything in between. Joining us us tonight is creator of the Pigskin Papers website, co-host of the not-ATV fantasy show, and loyal fan of the Miami Dolphins. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Dave Hartman to the show. Dave, how are you?
3: Thanks, Paul. I'm doing well. You know, I I, I should have I don't have any dolphins gear, uh, so I should have maybe put up a a fake background of palm trees, or something. I'm actually in Vermont, which is sort of the opposite of Miami. But <laughs> in you. any case, uh, I'm doing well. You know, you always introduce me on the not ATB Fantasy Show, as the best co-host in the world, and now I feel a little. Uh, I feel like just like a second wife, you know, C.D. <laughs> C- Piglet is the best co-host in the world. But C.D., I think you and I are, you know, we can share that honor.
1: Anyway, yeah. Paul. So I've heard this now for four years that I'm the greatest co-host in the world. And now it, it turned, comes to find out that anybody co-hosting <laughs> with Paul wow. is just the greatest co-host in the world.
0: Hold on. There's one greatest and one best. Two totally different things. Pigley, you came first. It was part of my show, intro, Show, and I wanted to show Dave respect, so I had to use a, a nice uh, adjective to describe him as well. So please forgive me, Joma. It's
3: it's all good, and uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Pigskin Papers. Um, I will have my uh, weekly fantasy preview up tomorrow. But, yes, uh, I'm getting ganged up on tonight. I am a Miami Dolphins fan. Um, here with three Cowboy fans, and it's a big game this week. So uh, So let's get into it.
0: Well, Dave. Hopefully, after this betrayal, you won't block me on X. But let's go ahead and get after <laughs> no, no, no.
3: it, We're all how good. Long have,
0: <laughs> how long have you been a Dolphins fan, Dave?
3: So I'm going to throw out a year that none of you remember because none of you were born. <laughs> um, but I've been a Dolphins fan since uh, 1971. I was a little kid. It was Super Bowl VI, which um, it's the first Super Bowl that Dallas won. They beat the Dolphins. I think it was something like 24 to three. It was not a competitive game, but I was a little kid. It's the first football game I really remember watching and uh, kind of became a Dolphin fan watching that game, pulling for the underdog.
1: 71. Yeah. That's past my my older brother. Say again. I said that's past my older brother.
3: Yeah, I'm an old guy, man.
1: You just called him out oh, like yeah. Mike. <laughs>
3: 1971. I'm
1: just saying uh, when he when he said the the year, I was like, okay, let's see. Then he said, I was like, okay, yep, that's that's definitely before I can remember. Uh, I have a question because this is when I read this question on the show sheet, I was like, I legitimately was like, damn, how the hell this happened? You're from Chicago. Your parents are both from Philly. You were raised in Jersey. How the hell are you a Dolphins fan?
3: So that's a really good question. You know, a lot of my friends growing up in New Jersey around the time I grew up were not, ended up not being fans of the Jets or Giants because in the early to mid-70s, both of those teams were bad. And football's the kind of sport where you get on TV other teams from other cities every week. So... Um, whereas there are very few people I think who grew up around New York end up not being a Yankees fan or a Mets fan, football was a little different around the time I was growing up. But in my case specifically, like you said, I was born in Chicago and I moved to northern New Jersey, right outside of New York City, actually like a stone's throw from where MetLife Stadium is now, um, when I was seven. Um, and you know, I I knew who the bears were, but my parents never took me to a bears game. They took me to, my dad took me to like a couple Cubs games and a, and a bulls game. So I sort of became fans of, of those teams, but I was so little. It was, I was too young to really latch on to anything. Then we moved to the New York area. My, my parents have no connection to New York. So there was no natural um, allegiance to either of those teams. And, one of the first friends i made was a dolphins fan for some reason and i just kind of you know they were a good team i mean i'll admit it it was sort of a you know little kid bandwagon thing and then you know once you're a fan of a team it that just kind of that's just kind of the way it goes so it's a weird story i also like dolphins like as a little kid i was like oh dolphins cool you know um and it helped that they you know the next year they went undefeated and they you know they won the next two super bowls so then i was like kind of just kind of just locked in. I mean, one other thing, though, um, worth noting. So I, ma- I married into a, a big family of Giants fans. My father-in-law had season tickets going back to like the late 1950s, um, which are now our season tickets. My wife's a huge Giants fan. My kids are all huge Giants fans. So I'm very glad I was not on your show week one um, <laughs> as representing the Giants because that game was, was pretty awful uh but i am they're kind of my second team i mean i'm a dolphins fan but i'm also partial to the giants cuz my family's so into them so and and giants fans you know it's between the eagles and the cowboys who they hate the most just depends which whichever one's better and right now they're both really good so they hate both of them
2: <laughs> that's wild that's an awesome story well you <laughs> you said you were a fan since 71 is Actually, this question, might be a little bit more difficult. Who is your uh, current favorite Dolphins player? Like just all that.
3: Current favorite or all t- current favorite? I would say. Oh,
2: oh sorry, all time. I'll yeah, skip skipping through. My bad. All
3: time favorite. I, you know, I, I got to go with. It, it's kind of a chalk answer, but I got to go with Dan Marino. Um, you know, the team was great in this. You know, early '70s. They they were never bad, and then they get Marino in his second year. You know, he shatters the record book, goes to the Super Bowl and loses. And and at the time, Dolphin fans were thinking, this is great. We're going to go to 10 Super Bowls with this guy. didn't work out that way. Um, But he was a real easy guy to root for, you know, only played for the Dolphins, never never wore another uniform, um, and was just, you know, he was a good guy off the field, um, good ambassador for the team. But so he's kind of the obvious answer. I also really liked, um, you know, Larry Zonka going way back to uh, to those early Super Bowls, Richmond Webb um, and Jason Taylor. Jason Taylor was a phenomenal player to watch. Um, So I would say that that's over the years. I mean, there's a lot of players I've liked, but I'd go with those and coach Don Shula. One of the great things about that, that Super Bowl that, you know, the first game I remember watching is it was Don Shula and Tom Landry, you know. Squaring off in the Super Bowl, which is like, you know, two of the all-time legends. They weren't really all-time legends yet. They were just kind of getting started. So that was kind of cool.
0: Great play, great list of players there, Dave. I'm curious, who is your current favorite Dolphins player?
3: You know, it's it's weird with that team now because there's almost no one on the team that's been there since earlier than say 2020. It's really like a new um a pretty new roster like Tua is the old man, you know, Tua and Xavier and Howard have kind of feels like they've been there the longest. Um, you know, it's another chalky answer, but I love watching Tyreek Hill. Um, he's just, just brought so much excitement to the team. He's kind of a quirky and strange dude. Um, and he tilts the field and, uh, I feel like he's our one like real superstar on the team and there's a lot of good players on the dolphins, but, um, He's just so much fun to watch, so I'll, I'll go with him.
1: Is, do you see this as a Dolphins fan as a big game? And if so, is it like it's a big game because, oh, we're playing doubt the Dallas Cowboys and it's going to be everybody's going to see us? Or is it a big game like great record, team with a great record like us, and, and it's big to see if we can beat them type of thing?
3: I think it's a very big game for Miami because, you know, they're coming off this long stretch of they haven't played a good team since they played the Chiefs, which was the first weekend in November, and they lost that game. And that kind of cemented the narrative that they can't beat a good team. You know, they haven't beaten a team with a winning record this year. Um, The closest they came was week one. They beat the Chargers, who were zero and zero. Right. Like they haven't um they lost to the bills they lost to the eagles they lost to the chiefs and everyone else they've played has had very much a losing record and they've beat up on those teams except for the titans this game is an important game for them because they're two up on the bills they've got 10 wins but they haven't clinched a playoff spot yet unlike your cowboys who are kind of you know still have a shot at the division but have you know there's a little less pressure on them um after the Dolphins play the Cowboys they go to Baltimore and then they host the Bills so they have kind of a not kind of I mean I I almost can't envision a worse stretch to end the season other than if the 49ers were in there so this is an important game for them because I think this is the most winnable and the Cowboys are super tough but this is the most winnable of those three games I think. And I think if they lose this game, there's a real danger that they lose their last three. Um, And you don't want to go into the playoffs like that, assuming they even make the playoffs. You know, there's there's a lot of teams in the AFC that are eight and six. So if they if they lose all three, they end up 10 and seven. No guarantee they get in. So there's, there's a lot of pressure on the Dolphins. They're at home where they've been really good. Dallas has not been that good on the road. Whereas Dallas has been, you know, probably the best team in the NFL at home this year, so I think this is a really big game for Miami, and I think it's a bigger game for them than it is for Dallas. But you know, in Dallas's case, they need to prove they can beat a good team on the road. Whereas Miami just needs to prove they can beat a good team. Period. So I think the stakes are kind of high for both teams, but I think they're a lot higher for the Dolphins this week.
2: All right. Well, yeah. This you know, this December is whatever uh, the season it's all just supposed to be happiness and all that. Everyone's super cheery, but I, my answer is this does for me, but uh, does this game make or break the holiday season for you?
3: Uh, Not this game, but well, this game is what being played on Christmas Eve. So um, that's obviously, you you know, you want to, you want to be smiling at the holidays and again at new year's the next week, which they'll be playing uh, the Ravens on new year's Eve, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I, I think these three games coming up, all of them together, um, yeah, could 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 make for a, a pretty uh, bummer of a holiday season for Dolphin fans if things go wrong. And it, you know, after they lost that Titans game, I, Paul and I, on our pod last week, I actually called the Jets in an upset it was my bold call of the week, and the Jets completely didn't show up. Um, and I'm still really surprised by that game, especially with Tyreek not playing that it was so one-sided. Um, I, I guess the Dolphins are, Dolphins are maybe a little better than I thought, um, or the Jets are just worse than I thought. Um, if, if the Jets were coming off a big game too, they had just kind of stomped the Texans. Um,
1: Here, here's here's the thing, yeah, Dave. If, if the Jets had won, then people would have had to – They really would have had to buy into the Aaron Rodgers could come back because they're still in the playoff race, which was total horseshit from the beginning. He was never going to ever play. But if they won, it would have been like, oh, my God, Aaron Rodgers could come back and they can go on a playoff run. So guess what the Jets did? Not that the Dolphins wouldn't have beat him anyway, but they tanked it. Then Aaron Rodgers comes out and goes, well, there's nothing to play for. I don't need to rush back. Sorry. Mm -hmm
3: interesting interesting theory I mean they did start Zach Wilson so there's some uh there's some credence to that I guess and they benched him which you know and and it's pretty funny did you read all the explanations for why he didn't play the second half first they said it was a head injury then they said it was illness but they just benched him um for like the sixth time I don't know if they can ever start him again but anyway we could we could have a long discussion about the Jets but um it was good that Miami won that game because of their, you know, you don't want to lose that game and then have to play Dallas, Baltimore and the Bills. Um so uh yeah, that was that was a big win for them actually.
0: Dave, I'm curious, are you worried about a bounce back game from Dallas since they haven't lost two straight in two seasons?
3: You know, I think they'll definitely play better. Um and yeah, I mean, I think you know, after everyone blew so much smoke up up Dallas, you know, and Dak was, you know, had sort of gotten to where he was the front runner for MVP and they were winning all these these home games, you know, scoring 40 points each time. I do think Dallas, you know, got a little humbled last week and I do think they'll play better. Um, so there is the danger of that. At the same time, like I said, they've already clinched a playoff spot, you know. Seattle winning, beating Philly on Monday night, you know, I think probably gave the Cowboys a little bit of a shot in the arm after they lost on Sunday. Um, I mean, the Eagles still win out, win the division, but, um, you know, Dallas is still tied with them. And I do expect them to play better. Dallas knows it's a game they can win. They know Miami hasn't beaten a team with a winning record. So, yeah, I am worried about that. You know, I'm worried that this ends up being a back and forth game, um, you know, with the last team with the ball wins. And I'd rather have your kicker.
1: You got Butter, Aubrey. He, Butter. He's killing right now.
3: Unbelievable. Uh,
1: so you you, uh, you watched the uh, Buffalo-Dallas game. You kind of got an idea of what Buffalo was able to do to Dallas. Do you think Miami can do that? Do they have the personnel, the size of the offensive line, or maybe do it in a different way to, uh, to knock them off too?
3: You know, I, I don't think so. I don't think that's how Miami tries to win games. Um, you know, it's a Mike McDaniel offense. It's pretty, they're pretty set in their ways with, with how much they run, where they throw. Um, And I don't think they have the kind of offensive line, um, especially now their offensive line is, is very banged up and is kind of being held together um as a pretty patchwork unit they also don't have josh allen like i think part of the reason that rushing attack worked so well is you got a running quarterback that you know sometimes he keeps it sometimes he you can't really like load the box that much against them um I was like I said, um, and when we were when we were talking before we came on the air, I was really surprised that Buffalo just came out and it, you know attempted fifteen passes and forty nine rushes. I just didn't see that coming. They obviously felt that they had an advantage and that they could just overpower Dallas. And it also had the added benefit of keeping Dallas's offense off the field. Um, I'm sure Miami will look closely at that film, and they do run the ball well, and they have two you know um two very capable and dangerous running backs very fast running backs um so I think that you know uh, Miami's run the ball well all year and they've especially run the ball well when they get close like you know they have more rushing touchdowns from running backs than any team in the NFL this year and uh and that includes the 49ers so when they get close they run and and that's part of the beauty of having Tyreek Hill and and Jalen Waddle because the defense ends up being pretty spread out and pretty worried about those guys because they're hard to cover in the short area because they're so quick. Um, and it's just been opening up lanes for most or mostly and and a little bit a Chain to to run the ball in. But I don't think they'll I don't think they'll come out and run the ball 50 times. I'll be very surprised if they do. And I don't think they'll have the kind of success Buffalo had. And Dallas will try to fix that too. I mean, you can't get run on like that and then not do some then make some adjustments.
2: Well, you say that, but the pro- thing is, Dallas has small linebackers. Their no- number one nose tackle is gone. Wouldn't you still think they're going to still run the ball more, even though you said they're still set their ways? Um, more with Devon Chain, Raheem Mostert, because you know, they couldn't handle the they couldn't set the edge. They couldn't tackle anybody save their life because since uh, uh, James Cook has like four yards per carry before contact.
3: Yeah, that was crazy. I, I just – I don't know. I just don't see Miami's line opening up those kind of running lanes. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting to see. And it, it's also going to depend. You know, Buffalo got out to a lead in that game, and and they were getting stops on defense. So that kind of – you know, it was a lot of that was game script and game flow. Like, it was working. Dallas wasn't staging a comeback. So why not just keep doing it? I think, you know, you know, and Josh has been turning it over a lot this year, like they, you know, it was just working. So they kept doing it. I think that was, you know, I think that'll be one of those games where at the end of the year, like when we look back at all the games this season, like remember there was that game a couple of years ago and I know it was because of the wind where New England went into Buffalo and ran the ball almost every play. And they were it was working like it was Ramondre. It was it was uh, Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. And they couldn't stop it, really. Um, they didn't score that many points, but they scored enough points. Like every now and then there's just a weird game where one team is doing something that works and it, like running and the other team can't stop it. And they get out to a lead and they're like, we're just going to keep doing this. We're going to just keep punching you in the mouth. And this is how we're going to win the game. So unless, unless Miami gets out to a lead and they're having success like that, I, I think that they may run a little more than normal, but I don't think you'll see the same approach that Buffalo had.
0: Yeah, Dave, we know this time of year a lot of teams are dealing with injuries to important players, but when you look at the injuries Miami has suffered on defense, how important is a strong run game for Miami heading into the playoffs?
3: You know, like I said, I, I think – their running game has been good all year, and it's really helped Tua um, and, and the whole offense that they've had so much success running the ball. That's it's been a surprise, really, because um, last year, you know, their offensive line last year graded out as like bottom three in the NFL, and they went out and got Connor Williams. Um, Teron Armstead's played he, that guy's never healthy, but he's played a few more games this year. Um, right tackle Austin Jackson is finally like playing like a first round draft pick Um, and the line's been a lot better and Mostert has stayed healthy like for almost the first time in his career and a chain has been a good shot in the arm I I think it is important for them you you mentioned the injuries on defense Um, the more their offense can stay on the field the better and they have this quick strike offense so a lot of times this year like they get the ball and you know, three plays in, there's a 60 yard pass to Tyreek and then their defense is on the field again. And it's great to get those points, but um, especially as the weather gets colder and you play teams with better defenses, if you can run the ball, um, as, as everyone knows, um, that's usually a good formula in December, January and into the playoffs. So I do think it's important to them, um, but at the same time, you know the injuries on their defense they've gotten away with it against lesser teams like it'll be interesting this week um I don't know if Javon Holland or Xavier Howard will be back for this game um and they need them in the secondary against what Dallas has you know you don't need that against the Jets um or Tennessee although Tennessee shredded them I mean New Hopkins they couldn't stop him so um It'll be interesting to see how their defense holds up against Dak and those receivers and tight ends.
1: Well, speaking of the the injuries, the main guy, Tyreek Hill, anything you've heard as a Dolphins fan? Have you heard any updates? And does that injury worry you at all?
3: You know, the only update I heard is that he didn't practice today. And this injury has been so strange from the beginning. Like he got hurt in the Tennessee game and it was an ankle that was he had hurt against the jets 2 weeks earlier and but you know he they announced at halftime you know they say he's questionable re- to return then they say he's not going to return then all of a sudden he's in the huddle you know plays a few plays <laughs> leaves the game again after the game he said his wife texted him and said get back in there um which is just strange like i said at the beginning he's he's, he's i think he's my favorite player on the team cuz He's just strange and quirky and interesting. Um, Then he didn't practice all week. They said it was his decision. He shows up at the stadium without a limp. They show him in pregame warmups. He looks like Tyreek Hill. And then he doesn't, you know, then he's inactive. Fine. I think that was the right decision long term. They have these three tough games coming up. And I guess they figured they didn't really need him against the Jets. So that was smart. But then he's standing on the sideline all game. Like if you've got a bad ankle, like maybe sit, you know, but he's, he's standing on the sideline all game. I think he'll play this week. Um, It's still not impossible that he could break Calvin Johnson's record and maybe even get to 2000 yards. It's obviously much more difficult now that he just kind of missed a game and a half. I don't think, you know, the record is, uh, I care less about that. I care about them winning and, They have a much better chance of beating Dallas, obviously, if Tyreek Hill is on the field. So he didn't practice today. I suspect he won't practice tomorrow. Maybe he'll get like the limited tag, practice tag on Friday. Probably will go into the game questionable, but expected to play. Um, I am worried that he's not 100%. um, But even if they use him a little bit as a decoy, that's okay, you know, um, I mean, I do think after seeing some other teams do it, I do think they would like to attack Deron Bland with both him and Waddle and take some deep shots there because Bland has been, you know, as much as he has all those pick sixes, he's also been victimized a little bit. Um, But, yeah, I really hope he plays because I think it's a more fun game if he plays, and I think the Dolphins obviously need him and have a much better chance if he plays. But I haven't heard anything new. Have you guys? Have you guys heard anything about about Tyreek that I haven't?
1: As far as I know, the 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 word is that he sat out because those three games were upcoming, and they were like, "Look, we can handle the Jets. Let's let's get you healthy for the three bigs coming up." That that's yeah. why.
3: And 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 Mike, you know, I think that makes sense. You know, thankfully, they, if they had lost to the Jets, I'd maybe say something different, but um. Okay, so butterscotch, our friend butterscotch says, I saw in the ticker today that the Miami Dolphins expect him to be a hundred percent versus Dallas this weekend.
1: Well,
2: we'll see if that's true. Prescott's too much, man. <laughs> dude, he dude for the past like two months, he's been on one. And it's been legendary to see. My,
1: mind, mind, see, we know him as three, okay. as the three regulars. You're the extra going butterscotch. I think he just did that because he knew a guest was coming on and he
2: wanted to mess with the guest.
3: That's fine. That's fine. I like his South Park uh, avatar.
2: It's all good. Dude, he, he's been great. Well, you've talked about, like, of course, all you care about is winning. Well, even, even with Tyreek Hill, do you think your offense is good enough to be able to win playoff games against a Buffalo, against a Kansas City, against a Baltimore?
3: You know, it, when they've played the better teams, their offense has not, you know, they, they against, like, Philly, Kansas City, and Buffalo, they didn't score more than I think 15 or 16 points in any of those three games. Um so I am a little worried about that. Like I'm a little worried that, you know, it's one thing to put up 70 on Denver, um, you know, 30 on the Jets, 30 on the Giants and the Panthers. Um I just I need to see them do it against better defenses and you know that I think the issue is teams with really good pass rushes can be a problem for them I mean two has only been sacked 17 times this year but he gets rid of the ball I mean you guys are going to see it on Sunday and especially with Parsons you know coming after him the ball's out really fast um you know they're part of the reason their line has been better this year is they only have to block for a couple seconds um and so you know, I think when everyone's healthy, yeah, their offense should be able to keep up with with anyone. Um, I guess we'll learn in the next three weeks, you know, the, hopefully a little bit of a clue as to the answer to that question. I mean, I'm really, you know, the Dolphins have been at the top of the AFC all season, you know, with the Ravens for a while, the Chiefs and the Jaguars. You know, they've all kind of had the same record for most of the way. And I've never thought the Dolphins were as good as those teams because they haven't beaten anyone good. At the same time, um, all those teams have stumbled except really the Ravens um, against teams that they should have beaten also. So um, we'll see. I mean, the AFC is – it's interesting. I'm curious what you guys think. Like you look at the NFC and there's kind of like a big three, right? Now there's really like a big one. And then two, and then two that are, that are damn good teams. I know the Eagles have lost three in a row, but you can't sleep on them. I mean, they went to the Super Bowl last year, and they only had one loss before those three. The Cowboys have been great, you know, especially the last six weeks. Um, the AFC is really more wide open. I mean, the Ravens right now look like the best team, but you know, could the Browns go to the Super Bowl? Could the Bills go to this? I mean, the Bills certainly. The Chiefs are still there. I think the Jaguars are kind of falling apart. Um, You know, the Bengals, who knows what kind of run they could go on after what we've seen the last couple of years. So it's going to be really interesting in the AFC. I think it's kind of wide open. And, you know, it would be nice if the Dolphins win the division and at least play one home game because they've been much better at home. Um, But it's a good question you ask. I don't don't know. Um, I'm really curious to see – how this team does these next three games and then hopefully into the playoffs.
1: You sound like Dave, I'm Cowboys AFC.
3: Say again? You
1: sound like Cowboys AFC. When yeah. What you were talking about, I was like, he's describing what people say about the Cowboys all year. They don't beat anybody yeah. good. They beat up on the bad teams, you know, yada, 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 lots of injuries.
3: Yeah. So that's why this game is part of the reason this game is so interesting is it's like, two teams that are both trying to shed like the the same tag, you know. They're both 10 and 4. They both had really good seasons by all accounts. Both of their coaches, I think have coached really well this year. Um, you know, both quarterbacks at different times this season have been in the MVP conversation. I think Tyreek and CD, two of the five best receivers in the league, certainly this year, both of them, um so there's a lot of parallels, you know, um, between the two teams, I think. And uh and they're two storied, you know, sort of friends, especially the Cowboys, but you know, they're two teams that have been at different times really good over the last 50, 60 years and have big fan bases. So there's, you know, there's there's a couple of really good games this weekend. I mean, Ravens, Ravens, uh 49ers principal among them, the you know, right now, those are the two number one seeds. But this is definitely one of the best games of the weekend, and I think a game a lot of people will be watching. And so, you know, both teams are going to be talked about a lot, win or, win or lose, based on what people see.
0: You look at the, AFC's, or the AFC overall, Dave, and it's pretty wide open, especially when you look at the injuries to Joe Burrow and Kansas City not playing up to their normal standard. Is this a win-now type of season for Miami?
3: When you say win-now, I mean, I think – Miami is in a window um you know the like I said the AFC is pretty wide open there's no team in the AFC I know the Ravens fans will be pissed off to hear this but there really isn't a team in the AFC that's as scary as the 49ers you know that's just like damn I don't want to play them I mean I don't want to play the Ravens in the playoffs but you know Lamar's never never been to a conference championship. Um you know the Chiefs are probably still like the team you'd least want to play once they, assuming they get their act together, just because they've been there and they've done it and they've won two Super Bowls in the last five years. But um, you know I, I I think Miami has is sort of building into a window. I don't think it's win now. Like if they don't win this year, they have to blow it up. At the same time, like they do have some veterans they're paying a lot of money to, like arms. Uh, Armstead, um, Jalen Ramsey, Bradley Chubb, Connor Williams. Like they are kind of, you know, they do have some some veterans at key positions that they're paying a lot of money to. So I would say like this year, next year, and the year after that um, is kind of the window that they're in. You know, last year they were nine and eight. I don't think, I think this year they've taken a nice step forward. They didn't go into this season as a super necessarily – You know, I think if you asked most people before this season who are the favorites in the AFC, they would have said Cincinnati, Kansas City, and Buffalo. Like, those were the big three. So, I think the Dolphins have kind of gotten themselves in the conversation going into the next couple years. Then there's, like, Houston's on the rise. You know, there's going to be other teams. um, but And Cleveland, maybe. But uh, I think it's open, wide open, the AFC. I think there's, like, six teams that could go to the Super Bowl. So, They certainly, you know, don't waste the opportunity, but I don't think they have to win this year.
1: You, you kind of answered my next question with the, uh, uh, one to three year window here. Um, so I'm going to mess everybody up and move forward to the next one of mine. And, uh, who do you think the, uh, the, who's having the better season? Is it your guy in, in Miami with Tua or is Dak having the better season? Unfortunately, you have to count the Buffalo game into that because I think before then, you might have had a different answer and maybe now you you have a different answer than you would have. I don't know. What do you think?
3: It's a good question and I want you guys to to answer this one too when I'm done because I'm curious what you guys think. I mean, I think it's very close. I think what, what might throw it out of proportion a little bit is, and I know Dax had a couple injuries recently, but like... Tua was at a point last year at one point where people were wondering if he'd ever play in the NFL again. You know, we're like, is it like, should this guy just walk away like he's had some major brain trauma and was lying on the field in Cincinnati with like his hands, you know, like he couldn't move. And that was pretty scary. And he had really never had, I mean, he had had a better season last year, but this is his first like really good season with really good numbers where he stayed healthy. So I think, you know, one way to answer the question is to say Tua because he's taken the the leap, you know, he's taken the step and Dak has had other very good seasons. Um, I think Dak probably has had a slightly better season than Tua, but I think it's pretty close. Um, I think, you know, their numbers are – you pick whatever numbers you want. Like Tua leads the league in completion percentage. He's – like fifth and touch tied for fifth in touchdowns Dax ahead of him on that. Um, he's second to Purdy in yards per attempt. Um, you know, he's got a very good touchdown to interception ratio and he's got 10 wins, you know, so it's close. Um, I think Dak is, is probably having his best season or maybe his second best season. Um, but he's been great this year. And look, he, he led the league in interceptions last year. So, He's clearly, like, cleaned some stuff up. Kellen Moore left. I think a lot of people thought, didn't know what to think. Like, is the offense going to be better? Is it going to be worse? Um, he seems to have gotten a little better with Moore gone. So um, I'm curious what you guys think. Who do you think is, uh, has had the better year?
2: Brendan? I don't, uh, of course, I've I've watched Dallas way more than Miami. But the only reason I would say Dak is just because he has single-handedly willed this team to wins. We wouldn't have won against Seattle at all. We had good weapons. Of course, Miami does as well. But Dak is the reason why we won against Seattle. He kept us in against the first uh, Philly game. even though uh, Terrence Seal gave up four sacks and like eight pressures. It just – I, of course, he's had bad games too, but almost every quarterback this year has had some bad – some pretty bad games.
3: Yeah, that's actually, and I'll let you, you, uh, Paul and Mike, in a second. You, you raised something that I hadn't really thought about. As I'm thinking back on Miami's season, they've played so many games that are not close. Week one, to a like it was a great comeback against the Chargers, and like he he won oh, that remember, game.
1: Yeah. He and
3: Tyreek won that game. Um, you know, he had a ton of passing yards in the second half, like three touchdowns, I think, in the second half. But since then, like Tua hasn't had to pull out a game at the end. He could have against the Titans, and he failed in that one. Um, you know, they got the ball back when was, he was without Tyreek. But, you know, you got to win without your best players too. Um, so Tua had – like Dak has had more of those kind of moments this year, I think, than Tua has had. So that's another reason I'd probably go slight edge Dak. Uh, Paul and Mike, what do you think?
0: Well, well. Before I answer, we have a question from uh, somebody in the audience here. This is for you, Dave. Do you have two at MVP?
3: No. And in fact, I think he'd be my second choice of Dolphin to be MVP. I think Tyreek. If you know they don't give it to they don't give it to position players, but honestly, I think Tyreek and Christian McCaffrey would be my top two in some order if the MVP award was really just like most valuable player. And then I would say probably Brock Purdy, Josh Allen, you know, Lamar, Dak, Hertz, Tua are all kind of – all those quarterbacks, you can make an argument at different times of the year for all of them. But, no, I don't think – um, unless he does something remarkable over these last three games, I don't think Tua is really still in the MVP conversation necessarily. But I think if Tyreek gets to 2,000 yards – and like, let's say he ends up with you know, 120 catches, 2,000 yards, 17 or 18 touchdowns. It's kind of hard to discount. Um, but they just, I just, you know, they'll say fine, he's offensive player of the year, and then they'll give it to a quarterback. Uh, Paul and Mike, and one you, more
0: question for you, Dave. Sorry, one more question for you, Dave. Uh, Tua or Lamar or Lamar Jackson? Who do you got?
3: Who would I sign to like a long-term deal kind of thing?
0: Uh, maybe I guess who would you build your franchise around? Who would you rather have as your quarterback? Who's higher on your
1: MVP list?
0: I would say, I think- look,
3: I would, I would say probably Lamar. Um, I think he's had a little, you know, he's had a little more NFL success than two has had. And he doesn't have the, you know, with Tua there's still like injury risk. There's concussion risk. There's the, the hip that, you know, that really bad injury he had his last year at Alabama. Um, And I'm not a Tua hater. Like, I I haven't, like, you know, I could be answering these questions saying Tua is the greatest thing since sliced bread. I mean, I, you know, it until this season, you know, the Dolphins taking Tua over Herbert, and that was their choice at the fifth pick, and then Herbert went the next pick. You know, at first, when when I first saw Herbert playing, I was like, oh, my God. We, you know, we had a shot at that, and we got you know, a guy who's like good, but not maybe not a franchise quarterback. And I I think two has answered a lot of questions this year and I'm much more of a believer than I was, but I'm still not like a hundred percent sold. Like I need to see him, you know, win some big games with last minute drives kind of thing. I've seen Lamar do that a little more, although Lamar has not always been the best in the biggest moments either. Um, So I think that's a pretty close one, but, you know, Lamar has an MVP under his belt. I love the running aspect that he brings, and, you know, Tua, they won't let Tua run. Tua's got good mobility, but, like, he doesn't have a rushing touchdown this year. He probably has less than 100 rushing yards on the season. Like, I think they've told him, do not get hit, do not expose yourself in the open field. Um, It's like the opposite of Josh Allen. Like they've said to Josh Allen, take fewer hits, and he just like lowers his shoulder into two hundred and forty pound linebackers, and they get the worst of it.
2: You kind of like gotten close to this question, but I still want to ask it. So, so since Tua signed a team friendly deal not that long ago, as a Dolphins fan, have you seen enough for him to get a long term contract, or are you just thinking like, no, I need to see more before he gets that you know that big payday to be your franchise quarterback?
3: it's a great question Brendan um and I think look they they he's still on his rookie deal but they they exercised his fifth year option right so they you know clearly it's something the Giants didn't do with Daniel Jones for example um because they really hadn't seen enough and then he had the good year and then they had to, then they had to actually pay him um without having the benefit of one more year with the option. So I think it's smart that Miami did that and they've been rewarded. Like um but then if you look at the at the QB class that he was in, which is a phenomenal quarterback class. It just it's one that's one for the ages really because nobody busted of the first 5 QBs taken. So you had Burrow who went first. He has already signed his, you know, his next contract. Herbert, who went sixth, you know, one pick after Tua, he's already signed his next contract. Um, Jordan Love went towards the end of the first round and he has not signed his next contract because he really didn't get a chance to be a starter. So they haven't really seen um, what he can do. And then Hertz went in the second round and he's signed his next contract. And the Dolphins, you know, they've waited with Tua because of all the injuries and the injury concerns. And I'm sure that that's still part of it. I mean, I think he's done enough and he's shown that he's enough of a fit in this McDaniel system that I think, you know, I think they will give him a deal this off season, whether it will be like a burrow hurts Lamar. Cause they all kind of got like the same deal more or less, you know, all kind of got like 250 million over five years with like half of it guaranteed, or maybe a little more than half. Um, I don't know that he'll get that size deal. He may want that size deal. Um but I don't think he's quite, you know, shown that he's on the level with those guys. It's going to be a tricky situation for them though because you know that's what quarterbacks are getting, like franchise quarterbacks and I think he's like just on the cusp of showing that he's a franchise quarterback.
0: Uh question for Prescott here. You'd like to see him go old school Alabama national? championship before fully buying in there, Dave?
3: I don't even understand that question.
0: It may be like to see him, you know, have a long playoff run or
3: oh, say oh, even make it oh. to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, like, like winning a national championship in, in, in replacement of Jalen Hurts. That was incredible. Um, yeah. I mean, I think what happens over the next three games and into the playoffs might you know, still factor into how the Dolphins are thinking um, and what to is able to get in a next deal. Um, but he's really, you know, played well this year, put up really good numbers, stayed healthy. Um, he's done everything asked of him this season. So, um, you know, I think he's he's earned a contract. I just don't know that they're going to offer him the same size deal as those other quote-unquote franchise quarterbacks because I'm not sure he's in the same league I think he's in I think he's kind of with Dak in that next well Dak's older too so it's complex um but I think he's kind of in that next group after the top five or six guys
0: that's a good transition into this next question here Dave if you were starting a franchise of the two quarterbacks who would you pick and why Dak Prescott or Tua Tagovailoa?
3: I would pick Tua just because he's five years younger and Dak is already 30. And if I'm starting a team, I mean, Dak's having a, you know, I don't want to call it a career year, you know, because I think he had one year earlier that was kind of close to this one. But he's certainly having one of his best years, but he's also 30. Um, and he's had a bunch of injuries. You know, he's got – he re- used to run a lot. He's gotten hit a lot, you know, over the course of his career. Um you know, I feel a little safer with Dak. I'll say that. Um, but five years is a big difference. What What would you, uh, you, you P- Paul? You and Mike never got to answer that other question. This one's kind of similar. Who would you take?
0: Go ahead, Paul. Um, you know, I don't. I don't really care about age. I just. I love the mentality, the work ethic, the leadership quality. So I, I. I take Dak.
1: The. As far as uh, who I'd take, the concussion thing terrifies me. So I I would I don't think I'd go near that. That that really scares me. Typically, I'd take the younger quarterback. Just that injury is a big yeah. uh oh for me. As far as the one earlier, who's had the better year? I think you kind of nailed it. We've been me and you have been on point. We're both CMC. And uh Hill as our top guys in MVP, not quarterbacks. Yeah. And I think Dak has had the better year, but Tua Valoa has had the more impressive year because coming back from what he came back from, like it legitimately was like this dude's career's over. Like he's one hit away from being out of this thing, and he's he's cemented himself in that second tier of. Very, very right there in the great neighborhood quarterback, and yeah. that's, that's incredibly impressive.
3: Yeah, I think that's right. I, I wonder if two is actually eligible for comeback player of the year. I don't know if he missed enough games last year, um, but uh, you know, I don't think he'll, he's, I don't think he's in the MVP conversation, but he might be in that one. The um,
1: Hamlin guy, the guy who died. Oh, Hamlin will get it, right. He's going to get No he matter what he it. does, right. he's
3: going to it. He's barely played this year, but he'll get I it. I don't
1: think he's played at all this year, honestly. He's still going to get it. Oh, yeah. I, know. He's gonna oh, get I it. know. He died on the field. They're going to give that guy that award.
3: Yeah, 100%. I forgot about that. You're, you're 100% right, Mike. All right, Dave, who's going to win this game? So, as you know – given that I picked the jets to be the Dolphins last week. <laughs> um, and now I'm like, I should just pick the Cowboys. Cause you know, I don't want to jinx it. And I, I fear the Cowboys winning this game. Um, I, I just, you know, I, I would love Miami to win this game. Um, but I, like I said, I, I kind of am scared of a, of a close game in Dallas having the better kicker. Um, but I'm a dolphin fan. I'll, I'll, uh, Make the Dolphin fans happy. 31-30 Miami. You guys. Get
1: the hell out of here. Can you see my
3: score that I wrote down? 31-30 Dallas. All right.
1: And I was – and I honestly – I'm just going to go next since I'm blabbing already. I honestly have no idea who's going to win this game to to be – this is not my actual prediction because I want to see who else playing. Javon Hargrave, that offensive line in Miami, Malik Hooker. Um, you know, yeah. Hankins seems like a long, very, very long shot, but I like to see that. I, I don't, I have no idea who's going to win this game. I honestly don't. I think that their offensive line may not be good enough to run on us and that, and then we get into pass rush situations and their offensive line's not great, or they could just march down the field. Like they're the 49ers on us. And I think the same, we could go right down the field on them. I, I, This is one of those games that, ultimate point, I legitimately have no idea. And in the end, I said, you know what? We haven't lost back-to-back games since 2021. I'm going to pick us by one point. And so I wrote that down. And then in my actual, like, picks the day of, I'm going to wait to see what injuries have. But it's just hilarious that you were like (laughs) 31-30. because I'm a Miami fan and I was like all right 31 30 Dallas because I'm a Dallas fan
3: yeah and I think I think that's a good approach I maybe I I I should just say I want to wait to see who's playing because if Tyreek isn't playing there's no way I'm picking the Dolphins to win this game um and some of the other guys you mentioned also were pretty important for the Dolphins defense um and their offensive line and uh yeah this is a game like as the gamblers say, I think this game's a stay away. Oh. It's a total stay away. It could go either way. It could be close. It could not be close. Um, I think they're pretty evenly matched. I think Dallas is a little better, but the game's in Miami, You know, which they used to say that's worth three points. So, yeah, 31-30 somebody. That's my prediction. I, um, I used
1: but, to be that gambling guy. I literally right. used to be the guy that would say, avoid this game play this game, but there ain't no way in hell you're playing this game.
0: Mitch Crum, will this be the, will this be the best game of the week, Dave?
3: It could be. I, I think that, you know, anytime you've got the two teams with the best record in the NFL who right now are the number one seeds and could certainly be playing each other, you know, at the end of the middle of February, it, it, I think – 49ers and Ravens, I think, is the most compelling matchup of the week. Um, you know, and Jets, Commanders.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Brendan, who will win this game and what's your score
0: prediction?
2: <laughs> well, first of all, that, that got me right there. That was funny. <laughs> I know, I, like I said before, we, got, we went live. I could see this going either way, but if you can see my room, I can't not choose Dallas. I say Dallas wins 28 21.
3: Come on yeah, Aubrey's gotta have- kick Aubrey's gotta kick a field goal. I, I
2: have yeah, him in fantasy. True. I'm I want talking that. about our
1: kicker.
3: By the way, and, and just a quick thing before Paul gives his prediction. I, I you know the, the NFL's a copycat league. In five years, everyone's gonna have like a 28-year-old Australian rules football kicker <laughs> who can who can just bang 70 yarders,
1: you know. From the USFL.
3: Yeah, or wherever he was. Um, yeah, but he was an Australian rules football guy, right?
1: Yeah, it's yeah. soccer. Yeah. It's crazy.
0: All right, so my predict my score prediction and my who I think will win the game, it's 34-30 Dallas.
3: One thing we all seem to like the over. Maybe oh, Brendan yeah. might be pretty close to close to close to it. But um yeah, I think there'll be points this week. I just it feels like the kind of game that'll have points.
0: Who, who will score the first touchdown, Dave?
3: Team or player? Player. I mean, I will I think it'll be, you know, it's going to depend who wins the toy, coin toss, because I kind of feel like someone's going to get the ball and go right down the field. But the safest pick is Raheem Mostert. He's got the most touchdowns hmm. of anyone playing in this game. Um, and like I said, when Miami gets close, they run the ball with him. Um so I'll say I'll say if it's the Dolphins, Raheem Mostert. If it's the Cowboys, Jake Ferguson.
1: Right,
0: I just said go. that for,
3: for Brendan to throw his arms up.
0: <laughs> uh, Brendan, who will score the first touchdown?
2: I will. First off, thank you, sir. Um, No, I completely agree. It is whoever gets the ball first. So I, yeah, I don't know. To, uh, honestly, that many players for the Dolphins, but I can see anything happening. But I will go Jake Ferguson. I go. I do that every week. And it will happen. It'll happen sometime. It, I, it's happened like once, and I was right. But we, we keep riding that hype train.
3: Nice.
1: Mike? I said the same thing David does. Whoever gets the ball first, they're running back. Either a Mostert or a Chain. I said Mostert because he has the most. And then for us, I went Rico Dowdle over Pollard because I think it's going to be a, a – Dallas might try to run the ball a little bit and keep that ball out of that high powered offense. So yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to say that we win the toss we decide to receive because we don't want nothing to do with that offense. And Rico Dowdle scores the first touchdown.
0: Yeah, I had it uh, a little opposite here. i go Tyreek Hill, And I think Dallas will, will uh, opt to uh, start on defense. Let, let Miami get a shot first against that defense and see what they're kind of going up against personally uh Dave who will score the most
3: fantasy points uh who did I write down here CD lamb mm. um you know Jalen Ramsey doesn't travel you know he doesn't he plays a side, he doesn't he doesn't travel and you know Nuke Hopkins is like a slower CD lamb at this point you know wins a lot of contested catches great route runner but doesn't have CD's speed and, and they couldn't handle new Hopkins. He had like 160 something yards um, two weeks ago with Will Levis throwing him the ball and Will Levis actually is a very strong arm, but um, I could see CD lamb being a pretty big problem for the dolphins. And especially if like, if, if Xavier Howard is out and, and Javon Holland is out and, you know, he's seeing a lot of like Eli Apple um, when he's on that side. Um, and working out of the slot, so um, I'll go with CD. I mean, it'll probably be one of the quarterbacks that's usually the safest answer, but um, or or Tyreek Hill when he's in the game, but uh, I'll go with CD. How about you guys, Brendan?
2: I uh, it doesn't matter because, of course, both y'all's running backs would get used in the past. I said either Devon H. or Raheem Mostert because of what happened last week. I'm terrified. If anybody who has a little bit of speed and y'all's guys have a lot. So that does terrify me. Mike. I got
1: Dak. I think, uh, like he said, CD is going to get a lot of slot work. And the one thing as good as both Howard and Ramsey are, they aren't the best runners. So I think cooks could get loose for a big shot too, which would be of course points for Dak because if they score, he gets it as well. So, I think I'm going to go the chalk answer, the easy one, Dak.
0: Yeah, I had it, uh, Devon A chain as well. A chain, excuse me, as well. I could see him breaking off a couple of long, long TD runs.
3: Yeah, and he really right. hasn't done that since he came back from injury. Yeah. You know, before he got hurt, he had a couple of those. Um, and they could really use that. Um, you know, I don't think he's. He's got that long speed and I don't I think he's still not probably not hundred percent. You know, he injured the knee, re injured the knee. And since he came back, he's been good, but he hasn't been like what he was those four games, those crazy four games early in the season.
0: Yeah. Well, Dave man, I can't thank you enough for coming on tonight. Before we get awesome. you out of here, um, you know, talk to us a little bit about your content and where we can find it.
3: Sure. Um, you can find me on Twitter. At Pigskin Papers. Both of those Ps are capitalized. Um, and uh also my website, thepigskinpapers.com. Um, during the football season, I've had uh two articles a week, a waiver wire article early in the week, and then later in the week a uh fantasy preview with start sit and all that kind of stuff. That'll be out at some point tomorrow, and uh you can find me on the Not the ATB Fantasy Show with the best co-host in the world, hey, Paul Ryan. Um, appreciate usually, you, Dave. Usually at this time on Wednesday nights, um, and hopefully we'll be back on the air with that show next week, and you guys can go back to your normal time for the Cowboys show too. This has been this has been really fun, like kind of a merging of of those two worlds, yeah. uh, and I really appreciate. You guys inviting me on? Um, this is a great idea to do this each week with, um, with um, uh, you know, someone who's uh, a fan of uh, of the team that the Cowboys are about to play. It's a good idea.
1: Thank
0: you, all sir, Paul, I man.
3: That.
1: Paul, Paul's a smart man. That's why he's the greatest host or the best host. He's the greatest, best host.
3: Yes, <laughs> the bestest. Brendan,
0: the bestest. I'll, I'll, I'll take it all, man. Give me all the titles, Brendan. Where can we find you on X?
2: You can find me at Brennan underscore Smith 26.
1: Mike, where can we find you, sir? Uh Letter C, letter D, Piglet, guys. You know what it is. Guys, I'm Paul Ryan.
0: You can find me on X at Paul underscore Ryan 15. We appreciate you joining us, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks
1: again, awesome. guys. That was awesome, Dave. Great work.
0: Thanks.